Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. All right. Good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And uh, we are here in the hermetically sealed... Tab Computer Systems Studios in lovely East Hartford, Connecticut, where in Connecticut you can buy a gallon of milk, a gallon of vodka, but not a gallon of paint. We're here to help you go through the uh, upcoming <laughs> apocalypse. Uh, we've been dealing with the slow motion uh, destruction that's going on here that's just uh, we're all trying to live through, and we're here to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So feel free to get on. We're our live, 800-966-WTIC-522. WTIC, and we'll do our best to take your your calls. We're going to have this is our first time doing the show remote like this in our hermetically sealed studios. So bear with us as far as uh, some of the choppiness that could occur between calls and stuff like that as we get used to the situation. Um, obviously, a lot of you are working from home, and uh, we are very busy with our client base of eight nine thousand people that we are trying to work with to connect remotely, and all of them have different scenarios as far as connecting remotely and. Many of them have different pipelines uh, to the, uh, the network, and that's kind of been a problem in that they didn't realize just how bad it could be if your Internet connection is 10 megabits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, uh, we talk about VPNs. We talk about remote desktop. There's many aspects to this remote work that folks are, do are doing um, to get you a good result as far as how you're going to work remotely from home. And uh, so your Internet connection at home it doesn't play that big of a, a role unless your kids are streaming 4K movies <laughs> while you're trying to work. And if that's the case, you're gonna, it's like driving a Mack truck down your little country road of an Internet connection while you're trying to work. So that can affect you. you. You establish your VPN, which is, by the way, only half of the equation. A VPN is a nice connection to your office, but it's not the whole equation. You need a way to land on something to work re remotely, whether it be a terminal server or a remote desktop. Yes, Bob? If you have the right router, you can throttle your kids. That's true. <laughs> Throttling your kids. No net neutrality within your own homes. Um, but again, your you know, VPN, great to have, important for security, but basically it's just an extension cord from where you uh, used to work uh, all the way back to your home. And unfortunately, that extension cord is nothing like the nice fat connection you had from your PC to the servers in your office. It's basically, if you compare it to highways, your PC 
in, the, in your office to your server was a thousand-lane highway with very few cars on it, all smartly driven from your PC to your server. When you go ahead connect a VPN from your home PC to your office router, you're going over a country road now. Oh, I thought it was more like a backwoods path. Backwoods path is fine. <laughs> so now you've established a connection. You can't open that big CAD file over that VPN and expect it to work. You can't open that big Excel document or that big Word document, drag it across that country road, and expect it to work. You need to be connected to a host, something that is going to offer up the data without actually dragging it across the line. So when you're establishing a VPN, half the battle. The rest of it is how. what are you going to land on? You're going to land on a remote desktop or a terminal server or a Citrix server. Those servers are designed and those systems are designed to display the information to you without having it come across the actual line. Then all of a sudden you're, you're fast again. Remote CAD work, very difficult to do, as you engineers, I'm sure, are finding. Um, but most office work you can do remotely with very little trouble at all. Most applications will work beautifully over the VPN with some level of host. With remote desktop, you can also have multiple monitors, assuming that you have multiple monitors at home. Right. So Printing can be a little messy, um, but that can get cleared up over time as we spend our next weeks or two doing what we're doing. So in other news, what's going on here with, uh, with uh, all this craziness? Netflix is starting a 30-day video data diet. So the EU, this is the EU, has requested Netflix to start offering the videos at low resolution. Why? Because the EU's network, they're worried about the network actually being impacted by all of, you, all of the folks streaming at the same time. Um, you have another story, Bob, about this, right? Yes, YouTube is following Netflix by reducing streaming quality due to coronavirus. The video streaming service is making standard definition the default setting in the EU to keep internet running smoothly. Right. So it's not just it's not just Netflix, it's YouTube and uh, Hulu. I have another article. Hulu is back up again after users complain of videos not loading cuz they got overloaded. Right. So as we stream everything, as we as, again, we've talked about this before, um, high definition streaming, 1080p definition, 720p definition, um, very good quality videos. They take up a lot of space on your on the internet. They bandwidth. I mean, uh, data has mass. It actually affects your bandwidth. And uh, if you try to down, download something or view something in 4K, you're just stuffing that pipe completely full of video. And I would dare you to tell me you could even tell the difference between 4K and, and 1080p. Um, but they're telling you to go down to standard definition, which is below 420, I think, or yeah. maybe at 420p. Like 420 by three, three, uh, 460 by 420, something like that. Yeah, so that'll be less data being consumed so that the EU's network doesn't go down. While you're all trying to work, while they're all trying to work remotely, could that happen here in America? Of course, it could happen here in America, right? I mean, our networks, uh, you know, the way we've limited the amount of competition on our poles by only allowing two providers to pro provide us internet. This is this is America. Our us forward-thinking, you know, IT-savvy America only allows two providers. They make it almost impossible for any other provider to get on our poles. There's no pole neutrality. Right, you got people like Pura here in Connecticut making it even more difficult for additional providers to get on our polls. So you're going to have to hope your cable company, yes, the cable guys, or the DSL provider, can handle all this bandwidth. We'll see if they can. We'll see if if their networks can handle all this demand as everybody starts working from home. Um, 
It's going to be very interesting to see. Now, if this goes down, maybe, just maybe, we will get an alternative where folks say, look, maybe we should allow more comp competition on our polls. Fiber is what you got. You got companies like Go NetSpeed that are trying to offer that, uh, that alternative. Um, you just got to let them know you're interested. And uh, the more we get that, the lower our, our broadband costs are going to be. So maybe we're going to have something good come out of this mess. Um, who knows when it comes to technology? Speaking of technology, <laughs> what a horrible transition. We're just transitioned to what we do. NASA had, a gr had this great thing they're trying to do. They're going to launch 247 petabytes of data onto the Amazon cloud. That's wonderful. All these great pictures of all the NASA things that have been going on, of all the galaxies and all this stuff that they've been doing. They're so excited. They're so excited, Bob, to put 247 petabytes of data onto the Amazon cloud. But you know what they forgot? The cost, the eye-watering, cloudy cost of getting the data off. So if you are a user of this data and you want to go, while you're home doing nothing these days, you want to go ahead and check out NASA's website. Every time you download a picture, it's costing them an arm and a leg that they did not bargain for. So, again, the cloud is not free. The servers on the cloud are not free. They've got power. They've got bandwidth. you got to pay for it, NASA. And they, they, audit, they did an audit that finds that this error could actually I mean less data flows to us rather than more because they didn't pay attention to the cost of the cloud. You're going to find this all the time when people talk about cloud. Oh, here it is. It's so great. It's so such a great way to get access to your systems. But they don't tell you about the ongoing cost. And when that ongoing cost generally doesn't go down either. So NASA's found out the hard way, and guess who's going to pay for that? We are. <laughs> so I'll put the, we'll, all these links will go up as usual over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, uh, which also works. Everything we talk about this morning will go over to Facebook. And if Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, it'll get posted into your news feed if you like Tab Computer Systems on Facebook. And, of course, if you follow Twitter and you have time for Twitter, which I have no idea how you do, you can follow us at Tab Computer Sys. We're going to step out for a quick break. I think we have a couple of calls on the line. And if there's open lines, feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. This is the remote edition in the hermetically sealed Tab Computer Systems studio in lovely East Hartford, Connecticut. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab, the remote edition, the Apocalypse Edition 2. Uh, I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're here to help you out with your computer problems, questions, comments, and concerns. Don't know how the lines are doing because I can't see them, but I know we have a couple of calls. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. Let's go to Steve in Hamden first. He was our first caller. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Bob. Stephen Winstead. <laughs> and well, oh, you're Winstead? He put Hamden down here. All uh, right. Live radio. Yeah, there it is. What can I do for you, sir? Well, last week I brought up how this whole thing reminds me of the episode in Star Trek, Mary. Yeah, we just and I just was, watched that last night. Isn't that a good episode? It's a weird one. Why? What is it with Star Trek and duplicating everything? I mean, the first five, three or four episodes of Star Trek was duplicate Kirks and duplicate worlds of uh, d duplicate Earths. Mary had a duplicate Earth. For what reason, I have no idea. But uh, yeah, it is an interesting episode. It gives them a chance to just add a little more material. Yeah. But I, I think that what I wanted to say is last week you brought up um, 
you got me into trivia mode, and I had like that bonk bonk moment on the head, <laughs> right. trying right. to get that out. Yeah. The episode when they age really fast. It's called the Deadly Years. Oh, okay. Yeah, you've and got basically. I, I think your, I think your call actually got me into watching the old episodes. Oh, so they're that's, all good. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, but it I is love interesting. Those classic episodes. Yeah, I, mean, I can't wait I to like get the to the M5. one. Did you Did you get to the M five episode? M five. Uh, not yet. Not yet. That one's good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk also about Elon Musk. Yeah. And you brought up how he wants to roast a chicken in space, and I thought about it, and I said, wait. The, no, I no, he's not roasting a chicken in space. The temperature in outer space is minus 273 degrees. <laughs> it depends on whether or not you're facing the sun. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I didn't. I didn't bring anything up about roasting a chicken in space. Did you, Bob? Maybe, no, maybe Danny did. Our resident groupie Danny's always talking about Elon Musk. Oh, okay. And I <laughs> no, thought about it even further, and I said, "Wait, so if the temperature in outer space is minus two hundred seventy-three degrees, yeah, and we got all these people griping about the planet overheating itself, I don't see how that could possibly happen." Yeah, I have no idea. I know Elon thought his business was uh, essential. He had to shut down his his plant where he's building Teslas. You know, he was refusing the order and uh, say, hey, no, no, I'm essential. <laughs> it's like, sorry, buddy, building Teslas is not essential. Um, so he had to finally shut down. But, you know, that's Elon. He'll, he's, he's a different guy. Go ahead, Bob. You have another story about Elon? Right, but he says his companies will make ventilators as coronavirus causes shortage. Well, that'll make him so essential again. Over, unless I suspect he'll build some cars while he builds a ventilator. Then he builds a car. <laughs> then he builds a ventilator. Well, maybe he'll build cars with ventilators. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> Who knows? Well, he's Wi-Fiing the entire universe. Yes, he is. That'll be an interesting thing too. We'll see how that goes. But uh, <laughs> well, you know what? The episode of Star Trek that really keeps coming to mind that I that is kind of you know this, in this whole thing that's been going on is the episodes where you know Star, uh, Spock's dying, right? He's the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many, and uh, somehow this whole virus thing puts you in a different perspective. We're doing it completely opposite of uh, how. Star Trek was lauded to look at that episode where Spock gives up his life for the needs of the many. We're giving up all of our lives for the needs of the few when it comes down to who is going to be immunocompromised and who might have issues with this virus. I mean, it, it just seems that we're doing it a little more drastically than we need to. But then again, I'm not a medical doctor. But Well, my question is, if this were to go on for a period of time and people get desperate, yeah. how many people will we lose to Violence, violence where people are trying to get food right you know we'll have to see hopefully it doesn't get to that point but that's my the episode that keeps popping say, in my you'll head you'll cope you'll find a way to cope that's the, that's the key yeah and americans are are definitely tougher than the average nut so uh i think we will cope but thanks for the call bonk bonk <laughs> all right steve thank you Bye. all right all right see you later let's go on to uh our resident groupie danny in glastonbury are you still there danny yes i'm here what's going on sir hey listen i have a question uh we've got some medical problems in the family and yeah. only one of us can go to the doctor at a time yep uh we both have samsung android tablets yeah and i want to know without just wi-fi no modem right right what is the best app to use or the first two or three apps um to communicate via the doctor's office to home while the other person can't be there, sort of the teleconference. Is it well, Skype, or is there anything better than that? Well, Skype is popular, and Duo is part of the Android operating system. Duo? You, yep, Duo. Yeah. 
So I would ch- tell you to check that out. Now, your operating system may not support it. It's a little old. Okay. But you should check to see if your version does. Most of the telemedicine folks will have a uh, method for you to connect if they've got telemedicine configured. Mm-hmm. So it should just be a browser-based solution that you don't even need you anything special. You mean like special. Teladoc or something like that? Exactly. The, if you're doing any kind of telemedicine with any of your your folks there, they're mm-hmm. going to have the method configured for you. So it's not like you have to figure out how to do it. They're going to conf- tell you, hey, go ahead and browse to this website and click on this, and you'll get your, your doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I would suspect that's what's going to occur here. But you could use Duo to talk to your family. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, you know, like if I, if my wife said a doctor's appointment, normally I would go with her. If I am, she would come with me. But so I can hear the conversation and ask questions back and forth. I'm really not concerned about video, just good audio. Oh, well, you could just have her turn her cell phone on on speaker. Uh, we did that yesterday, and, you know, the quality wasn't that good. Hmm. Because it's, a, you know, it's an old LG flip phone. We're not, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess there aren't any we have phones. No smartphones, so... Right, and the doctor wouldn't have phones in each of the exam rooms. Yeah, so and they don't really... have they don't have telephones anymore with uh, you know with a with a speakerphone on it. Yeah, well, that's really the only solution I can think okay, of. Is uh, Skype and Duo, okay, and yeah. uh, whatever they're configured. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, Elon Musk. Yeah. Okay. I knew you'd say something. FCC just gave him approval for one million ground antennas. For receivers for his satellite network. Wow. He's got 360 satellites up now. Yep. You were talking about the Roadster. Where's the Roadster last week? Well, we have the app up there now. That's Yeah, it wasn't the rotisserie chicken in the <laughs> It was the Roadster. Yeah, the yeah. Roadster's going in between uh, the sun and Mars and nice. passing by us. Nice. Um, and there's no, no rule that he has to get a certain number of satellites up by a certain time. I believe you. It's all. It's Elon will get him up whenever he'll he gets have, them. He'll up. have them up every every two weeks. He's planning the launch. Of wow. He's got a backlog of satellites already that they've built. Oh, really? And uh, that uh, other company, OneWeb, that was you know going to try to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're backed by that company, SoftBank. Oh. Uh, they're on the verge of filing for bankruptcy. Uh oh. And the latency for the network is going to be under twenty milliseconds. Nice. Well, we'll see so how it goes. Can do high-speed gaming. It'd be great to have an alternative to the cable and DSL companies. If that's if that's an alternative, I'm all in. The you more know, alternatives we have. I feel bad for your guys uh, that, that that I really like the the guys that are doing the um, one with it NetSpeed or whatever. That don't that, feel bad. Fiber is never going to be replaced. If you can, if they can put more fiber down, yeah, you know, Elon's okay, not going to sure. beat them necessarily. Because I like what those guys are trying to do and everything, and I hope he doesn't. You know, he won't. All they're right. gonna they're gonna be fine. Fiber is always gonna. We're so far behind that uh, fiber is gonna be something that we're gonna be using for a very long time. So I wouldn't you know, worry his, about that. His coast to coast, his 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 uh, time is is faster than fiber right now. Say that again. Uh, his satellite network will have coast to coast transmission times lower than fiber. Yeah, but they may not have the broadband of fiber. We'll see what kind of bandwidth yeah, those satellites okay. can handle and how much of a subscription, how many how many subscribers to each satellite can, can they well, handle. That's Who the knows? Thing. It's not going to be good in, as good in cities as it's going to be in rural areas. Right, and that's fine. Because, you know, too many people would be drawn off the same uh, satellites and lasers and everything. Right, so we'll see. I mean, All right, well, welcome to the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, okay. good luck, Danny. Take okay, care. You guys too. Goodbye. All right, goodbye. So we're going to be here till eleven o'clock. We are live from the hermetically sealed studios here in 
East Hartford, Connecticut at Tab, and Tab Computer Systems. Everything we talk about will be posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. I have no idea how many lines are open. I think we have a couple lines open, so feel free to get online during the news. 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. And we will do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns uh, to get you through this. If you're having issues with remote connectivity to your business, we can probably try to help you there, too. Uh, you know, setting up, dealing with VPNs, remote desktop, terminal services, whatever you need. We can do our best for you. We'll be right back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we are live remotely, but we are back. We are here to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. And I guess we have three lines filled and one line open for you. Feel free to get online at 800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. So let's get right to your calls. Uh, we're going to go to Sue first. Sue, what's going on? Morning. Uh, my question concerns my TV reception over live TV using digital antenna. Yeah. And was wondering if I might have some options. So what I'm noticing is I seem to get a lot of pixelation, which I tend to notice with WFSB. Mm-hmm. So my situation is, you know, living in Windsor Locks, you know, I've found online that the their transmission tower is about 13 miles away from me. And I know the directions, so I've got my antenna on that facing wall. Yeah. And currently I have a Mohu Leaf, which says it has a 35-mile range. Hmm. And I'm just wondering, and, and what I'm noticing is sometimes even a little wind will, will cause some of the pixelation and certainly any of the bigger storms, which I would expect. Yeah. Um, um, I'm just wondering if possibly I can make improvements by either changing the antenna, the type of the antenna, and the other thing, of course, I'm dealing with is I do live near the airport, so I didn't know if that might run some interference as well and was wondering if you had any suggestions for me. I can answer that. I actually have an article on the best TV antenna for cord cutters in 2020, some starting at only $10. But the point is is that when you're running uh, over the air, the TV antenna, the quality of the antenna makes a big difference, number one. Number two, your reception is line of sight. So, for instance, if you're up on a hill, you're going to get better reception. Or if you're in a big flat area where you don't have a lot of hills. So, for instance, for me, I can't get Channel 8. In Bristol? In, I'm in Bristol because yeah. I'm on South Mountain. I'm on the wrong side of the mountain, so I can't get to that. Right. If you're in another area, you might be able to get it. So... It's line of sight. And then if you have trees, like I can get Massachusetts stations in the wintertime when the leaves are off the trees. But I can't get them in the summertime because the leaves actually block the signal. So the higher up you go, the better your reception is going to be. And then there's the quality of the signal based on the antenna that you buy. Yeah, so as far as improving what you have, I mean, I don't think tinfoil can help anymore uh, like it did in the old days. So maybe relocating the antenna. Um, the other key that Bob brought up was because of the issue with the broadband being consumed by streaming services, ironically, antenna 
<laughs> it's being considered even more because if this is going to go on for a while, an antenna might be the best way to get your your broadcasts um, versus the stream, oddly enough. So uh, I don't think we can necessarily tell you to do anything with that current antenna other than relocate it or maybe replace it with another option. And we'll put a link of the best ones uh, according to CNET uh, that are out there and, and see if a different antenna works for the different channels. I wish I could give you better advice. There's no booster that I'm aware of. There's no nothing that you can put in between the antenna itself and your TV to improve the signal that I'm aware of. Um, it is what it is for, based on the antenna. Uh, so well, that's really your only choice. Well, it'll certainly help to know what some of the other options for antennas are out there. And could it be in my imagination, or did it get worse since this last summer since there were all the change-ups with the way the stations had to be broadcasting? Um, you know, that's possible, but I don't think they lost their actual frequencies. So that, that shouldn't change. Um, Go ahead, Bob. One of the things that you had to do if you were doing over the air was recalibrate your channels. So you yeah, had to I did do, do a that. new channel yeah. search. And so yeah. do you think the broadcast ranges got weaker when they recalibrated? No, they changed the frequencies a little bit. Okay. So, if so you, maybe. If you were getting them, technically they were supposed to be on a specific frequency, but they changed them a little bit, so you had to research. So she could be right. It could be related to that change that, if, if, if that seems to be when this effect happened. But generally, broadcasting uh, with antennas is a much better signal than streaming. Um, nice raw feed. High definition over the air is 10 times better than cable. Well, you know, I noticed that. I was really surprised at first, but it definitely is for sure. Yeah. And I appreciate your advice. May I have one more quick question? If sure. you could just guide me in a direction. Mm -hmm. I've just started looking into UMA because I want to get rid of the the phone also through my internet provider. Yeah. And I just kind of was a little overwhelmed because there's so many options out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, I even noticed, you know, in addition to over internet, they've got 4G and then all the options. You know, um, is 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 there something you could recommend? You know, I'd be hoping to something that might also have, you know, voicemail, and I don't know if they have handsets, but if you could just point me in a direction of where I should start looking, I would appreciate it. Yeah, UMA is really the, all, all you need to do. Um, when my wife and I, and I found that we, we sort of cut that line and went over to UMA because all, all you pay for is the, the taxes and the FCC charges for the line. Uh, UMA itself will sell you the base connection, and then they'll sell you the handsets. So if you want to still use an old-fashioned line like that, I would tell you just just bite the bullet and go to your cell phone. I assume you have one, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't know. I'm almost there, but not quite. So um, I just oh. didn't want all all sorts of calls to always come into my, my cell phone. But maybe I'm close enough to do that. It really makes sense because yeah. right now I don't have a landline anyways when cable goes out or electricity goes out since I'm over you know, my internet provider, so, you know, and really I would the difference. And I think the cell phones do a better job of blocking the, the spam calls these days than the old lines did anyways. Um, you can keep your phone number. Um, you could convert the, your, your landline number to a Google voice, um, and then you could have that number forward, I suspect, to your cell phone if you really wanted to keep that number, per se. Um, so I would tell you to look into that if you wanted a free way to to get to keep your number and it, and still use the cell phone and kind of kill two birds a lot cheaper than even paying the taxes on these uh okay. uh lines but uma is a good choice all your, i mean i think my my bill in the old days was like 5 bucks which was all the taxes and stuff for the line which is the rest of it was free so but finally we got rid of it i finally told my wife enough 
because we weren't even listening to the line. We, our, our answering machine was sitting there collecting all the calls, but nobody was looking at them. <laughs> so, well, like, great. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate your advice and have a right, great so, day. Yeah, you too. You're welcome. We're going to step out for a quick break. I'm not sure how many lines are jammed up or not, but we've got uh, probably a couple lines uh, open. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Feel free to get online. We'll be right back after this quick break. That's to get all your calls today. We're here till 11 o'clock, and then Dr. Alessi will be in from Healthy Rounds, I'm sure, talking about uh, COVID and what, what you can do to protect yourself. So stick around for that as well. Let's go right to your calls. We'll go to Guy in West Hartford first. Good morning, Guy. Morning, Eric and Bob. What can we do for you? I've got two coronavirus-related uh, questions for you, tops conversation. Okay. So the first has to do with common services, for example, keyboards. Uh, mice, um, even remote for televisions, uh, handheld telephones, remote telephones. Mm -hmm. How do you recommend we keep these uh, surfaces germ-free? Well, um, the Clorox wipes would be the way I would tell you to do it. They don't seem moist enough to cause damage, but they obviously can kill whatever's on those surfaces. So I think that would be the way to go. Just don't push and squeeze the juice out there into your keyboard or the liquids out into your keyboard while you're trying to wipe it down. I think that would be a good way to to keep those surfaces clean. Um, what do you think, Bob? I'm pretty much the same. That's what I'm, that's what I'm using. Okay. What, one thing I've done, in, in especially in hotels or rental units, is to take some saran wrap and wrap the remotes or the telephones in the saran wrap. It's amazing how well they still work when you press yeah. through the through the wrap, and you can be assured that you're not touching anything that was there before. Sure. Yep, that'll work. So my second topic has to do with group conferencing and group meetings. Mm-hmm. I've had limited success with Skype connectivity. You know, sometimes we won't get the video; we'll get the audio, but not the video and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's just our lack of use for, but for small groups, uh, you know, ten, fifteen. 20 people, what are your recommendations around uh, group conferencing? Yeah, so we've recommended Zoom video conferencing quite a lot. And, uh, again, the issues of these cloud-based services like Skype, Zoom, that are now all being hammered by the same people at the same time, they're going to have a hard time delivering smoothly. Because this is a a disaster nobody thought about. Nobody tried to mitigate for this. You know, in our client base, what type of disaster do you come up with where you say everyone – on the planet is going to work remotely at the same time and configure it now. You know, it's crazy. Um, So these services like Skype and Zoom are going to all see degradations due to the volume of folks that are using. But Zoom is free based on how many folks you connect and how long the conference is. Of course, they are interested in getting your business too. So there's paid services as well. I suspect the free services are going to have the poorer performance than the paid ones because I'm sure they're going to prioritize better servers to host those folks that are paying for the service. But Zoom is a good alternative. Um, we have a lot of clients use it and works works generally well, but I can't guarantee it's going to work beautifully through this for the next few weeks as we deal with this. I heard that Google is offering their conferencing service um, you know, for free or, or- no cost at you know for for the next uh, next few weeks. Sure, it's the least they can do, right? 
Exactly. <laughs> and they've been taking all of our data forever and selling it. That's the only reason they're making so much money. We've been oh. giving it to them for free. They can give some to us for free that has value. That'd be nice. They'll probably figure a way to make money off it, even giving it out for free. Oh, they will, they? yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to know exactly about you when you can act. It's not like they're doing it out of the kindness of their hearts necessarily. It sounds nice, though, doesn't it? Sure does. <laughs> well, thank, keep up the good work. Thanks, and uh, stay safe. All right, Guy. Thank you. You too. And uh, we'll go on to Steve in Farmington next. Are you there, Steve? Yeah, hey, thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. So I'm on a speakerphone. You hear me okay? I do. It's always better, though, to pick up the actual receiver, if you can. All right. All right. I picked up the actual receiver. Thanks, Thank guys. You. Okay, yeah. so um, I work from home. I have a work computer. It's it's a it's a laptop with a docking station and a and I use that as a second screen, then I have a big monitor. But my I used to have Windows Vista. Oh, gee. So that, that died a couple of years ago. I've never replaced it. So the only personal computer I have is on my phone. I need I, I need a new computer. Yeah. I don't know whether to go desktop or laptop. I'm not a gamer. Mm-hmm. I would just keep, like, Excel kind of files and Word docs and, and stuff like that on it and you know, websites and and things like that. Um, Not sure what I should be doing or uh, um, what I should buy or or what are those little things that um, I can't remember. Oh, the Chromebooks? Yeah, and all that stuff. And I just got an email the other day on on a new product that that, uh, came out with um, Apple MacBook Mm -hmm. Air. just wondering what your opinion on this. Should I get a desktop or a laptop? And uh, suppose I wanted to uh, put, like, listen to, like, YouTube or music through my through my TV, through my good speakers in my living room. What would be the best interface kind of thing? All right, so there's two questions. So the first question on desktop or laptop really comes down to if you're going to be mobile or not. If the machine is just going to sit in the same place all the time, get a desktop. It'll last a lot longer. It'll perform a lot longer, serve you a lot longer um, than a laptop will because laptops take a beating, generally give you four out, four years of service. Uh, a good desktop can give you six years or more, so keep that in mind. Whether you, If you're an Apple guy, though, that's a whole different scenario, right? Apple's a whole different uh, ecosphere of, of approach to, to computing, and I, I really don't have a lot of experience with it myself because I've chosen to stay away from Apple products due to their cost, right? Not, okay. due, to their, not due to their quality. Their cost. The cost for an Apple is I can usually buy two PC-based systems for one Apple device. So if you got nothing but money, <laughs> take a look at Apple. Um, but the, as far as your mobile versus non-mobile, it really comes down to you. And you don't need a lot of machine to do what you described. An i5, eight gigs of RAM, solid-state hard drive, on either a desktop or a PC or a desktop eight, or a laptop. Eight gigs it. of RAM, you said. Yep, eight gigs minimum. Okay. Um, now, what about? Okay, so I don't so say I don't go the Apple route. Um, mm-hmm. When it comes to like software, I know there's the Microsoft package that has Excel and Word that costs money, and then there's a free one like Office. Any recommendations one over the other? Well, Open Office. I think you're thinking of Open Office. Yeah, Open Office is pretty yep. good. Uh, that's that is a free tool that you can check out. However, you may have some trouble opening. Word documents with the Open Office. It all not, depends. Not all the features in Open Office work as well as right. they do in uh, the Microsoft product. But because it's free, you can try it yourself and see how you like it. All right. Um, so, and as far so as your how, TV, go ahead. 
I'm wondering, how would I interface? I've got a smart TV. Does that have anything to do with interfacing with my computer? I can. Um, if you want to do any interfacing with your computer, you could you know, plug your computer into your smart TV's inputs through HDMI. If it has a methodology of connecting to maybe pictures or what have you, you could do something like that uh, with your smart TV. But generally, a smart TV is, is designed to run apps designed to give you some sort of entertainment, whether it's oh, okay. the, right. the Disney Plus or the Hulu or the YouTube TV or whatever. I recommend getting away from even using the smart TV functions and buying a separate um, streaming device like an NVIDIA Shield or Roku. The onboard stuff that these smart TVs have are just so problematic. I would just use the smart TV, this, the HDMI input, yeah. as an extra monitor and don't use the uh, smart TV functions, if you will. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, thanks. I think you answered all my questions. I had a, this note to call you from like three years ago and finally getting around to it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, Steve. I'm glad we could help. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. Yeah, because he was running Vista in the past. That's an old That's system. That's like 11 years, I think. Yeah, well. Isn't it? 2009? He, he did procrastinate a bit. So I think we have time to take another call. We're going to go to Ron in Florida next. What's going on, Ron? Hey, how you doing? Eric? Good. But uh, how's it going down there in Florida? It's uh, 85 degrees and sunny. Nice. So, what can I do for you? Yeah, this should be right up your alley. I have an HP Envy. All right. And I was looking through my C drive the other day to see which files I was going to back up and which I weren't. And I found these these files called HPQware. Yeah, did you know what that was, Bob? Yeah, I did look it up. And then my browser crashed. What? <laughs> There's hundreds and thousands of them. Yeah, you're not alone. I'm looking here. Infected with HPQware. Um, the people are trying to figure out whether it's malicious or not. I'm not sure it is or not. We may have to actually do a little research here. Maybe while you're researching it, Bob, you got infected. I'm just kidding. That could never happen to Bob. Um, but people are feeling the same way you are. What the heck is this uh, HPQware? Um, it goes back a ways, though. So I'm not sure exactly if it's something you can delete. What's the operating system you're running? Is that an old operating system? Windows 10. I'm okay. up to date on everything. Yeah. All right. Good, good, good. Um, let me see here. Yeah, we're going to have to look it up further. I don't think it's going to be something we can get right out of up the top of our heads. It is up our alley, like you said, <laughs> but not necessarily not necessarily top you of our heads. All those uh, HP computers that you support, I, I know. See, you see think? Now. Yeah, you would have thought someone had said, "Hey, what's going on with the HPQware?" But Bob's never seen it in the field, right, Bob? No. Uh, wow. So, uh, but obviously, it isn't. It's something that's out there because we're seeing a lot of posts on it. It's just I haven't found any real. Um, answers yet. I don't. I don't think it's malicious. Um, most likely, it has to do with their uh, their servicing utility. That has that happens to do with you know keeping your your system up to date and drivers. Well, up to date. somebody somebody said that some of it is to support the IE Explorer, oh, which doesn't I don't know. make sense. It really does. That doesn't make any sense. Let us let us do a little look up here for you, Ron, while we go through the uh, top of the hour news. Is that okay? That's okay. 
All right, so I'm going to have Matt put you on hold because I can't do it from our hermetically sealed bunker here. He'll put you on hold, and then we'll do a little research. Everything we've talked about today has been posted live over uh, at computertalkwithtab.com, which is the name of the show.com, which also works. So everything we've talked about, you don't have to you don't have to remember it. It's there for you. And if you follow us on Facebook, if you like Tab Computer Systems and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, it just may get into your news feed. So stick around. We're going to be here for another live hour from the hermetically sealed bunker over here at Tab Computer Systems in our our own radio studio, uh, doing our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns during this unprecedented craziness that we're all living through um, called COVID-19. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 